Watch Podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch Podcast, we're going to be discussing an article titled Forage Production, Beef Cows, and Stocking Density, and their implications for partial herd liquidation due to drought. To discuss this topic, I'm joined today by Dr. Elliot Dennis, who's a livestock marketing and risk management economist with the University of Nebraska. Thanks for joining me today, Dr. Dennis. Thanks for having me, Aaron. Dr. Dennis, this is an article that you initially wrote for the In the Cattle Markets newsletter. That's part of the Livestock Market Information Center's uh, weekly edition. And this was then included in the June issue of the Beef Watch newsletter. But in this article, you highlight some of what's occurring throughout the United States in terms of drought conditions, where drought's occurring, the number of acres being impacted by that, but also the productivity of those acres in terms of stocking rate of beef cows. Share with us some of the analysis that you did, and what are some things that you think would be valuable to producers to know and understand as we look at current drought conditions and consider potential herd liquidation? I recently came across this idea because beginning in May, the USDA releases weekly crop crop progress reports. And within the crop progress report, they release pasture conditions. And when the pasture condition first came out in May, the percent of, of pasture in the United States that was rated poor or very poor was nearly 50%. So to put that in perspective, the five-year average from 2015 to 2019, the percent of pasture across the U.S. that was rated poor or very poor was is about 13% in May. And last year we were at about 17%. So significantly higher. And if sure people have seen the drought monitor map, but if they haven't, you'll one quick glance at it will show you that there is a lot of area in the United States, particularly through pretty much draw a line from New Mexico straight up and over. And uh, it's pretty much at least extreme drought or exceptional drought. Um, and so I, I started thinking through, okay, well, if that's where the, the drought is and trying to make sense of that, and, and when you look at the number of, or the amount of pasture that's, uh, and rangeland that's under production, that's monitored by the U.S., I found that about 62% of all the pasture and rangeland in the United States is actually in the mountain Pacific area. So if we're experiencing a large amount of drought, and most of in those areas, and that's where most of our production is, well, we would expect to see really high percent of uh, pasture and rangeland condition that's rated poor or very poor. Now, just because pasture and rangeland condition is poor or very poor doesn't mean that it's going to have a large impact on on basically livestock uh, markets. And so what I then did is look, calculated the stocking uh, density, which I Uh, loosely calculated as uh, the number of grazed acres per beef cow. So I took state level beef cow numbers and divided that by total pasture and get uh, what we call a stocking ratio. It's important to note that about 25% of all beef animals are in the Western part of the United States. So the mountain Pacific region. So 25% of all beef cows are in that area. And what we see is that uh, the mountain and Pacific region or particularly the mountain region, have extremely high stocking densities. And so it would 
what that would mean is that it requires a large amount of pasture per beef cow. In the mountainous region, it's about 50 uh, pasture acres per beef cow. You compare that to highly productive land in the Appalachians, uh, where it rains a lot, and they're at about two or, uh, or three acres per beef cow. So basically, people won't have a lot of options if uh, those 25% of beef cows in the United States won't have a lot of options because their stocking densities are just so high. As we look at the states being impacted by drought and actually look at then cow numbers, how do we think about that as well? And obviously you mentioned about 25% of the beef cows in the United States are in the, in the Western and Pacific West. Give some perspective as we start to see herd liquidation or anticipate that should occur. How's that going to impact overall beef numbers? Yeah, so right now we're at what we call the bottom of the cattle price cycle which means we've peaked inventories and really since 2019, we've started to slowly uh, reduce beef cow numbers. And uh, what I would anticipate is that the, this drought will only further accelerate that herd liquidation. When you hear about reports in you know, parts of the Western front, you know, where they're saying that uh, alfalfa, cutting, alfalfa cuttings are only at, they've only had one cut in and, water is being shut off or parts of Washington or Oregon that are basically the agriculture has been kind of hamstrung so that they can provide uh, water for residential communities. We're talking about not only a significant reduction in rain fed forage production, but we're talking about even hay production that is severely limited. And we were, we're already starting to see this herd liquidation happen. Uh, when we look at uh, cow slaughter numbers, we see actually that cow slaughter or numbers have been increasing, particularly in, in the regions that are heavily affected by the drought. Now, uh, this isn't going to have a large impact uh, for most of the market, just because, you know, like I said, only 20, 25% of the cows come from that area, but it is going to have large regional impacts on price. As we think about also some of the impacts to feeder cattle prices, obviously that's a little different than cow herd liquidation, but if there's less grass available, cattle are going to be going on feed sooner likely or being pressed to go to feed yards. How might that also impact some of what we're seeing with cattle numbers? Yeah, great distinction, Aaron, because uh, cold cow prices, we generally think uh, as being regionally isolated, which would suggest that, uh, if herd liquidation starts to happen in Colorado, those cows are not going to be shipped to uh, Nebraska to be sold as cold cows. So those cold cow prices tend to be pretty regionally isolated. Feeder cattle prices, on the other hand, are not are actually quite mobile. So a change in the drought condition in the Western Front is going to cause both herd liquidation and feeder cattle liquidation. And if you're a feedlot in Nebraska and you can buy basically drought distressed feeder cattle um, at a discount, you're going to buy those feeder cattle. And what that ends up doing is it de depresses the prices for cattle, which they would have bought, let's say in the Southeast, because they don't have to pay as much for uh, the feeder cattle anymore. So what we could see is that uh, even though the drought condition is 
is happening in the West that feeder cattle, it's going to put downward pressure on feeder cattle prices in, in other areas, minus transportation, of course. One of the other things I think that makes this drought challenging right now for producers, and you already mentioned this, is buying in feed. Obviously, forage is already short and harvested forage is going to be short as well. Then also we're looking at recent run-up in grain prices. There's often some competition as we think about feeding cattle. And we see corn at times fed to cows, especially during a drought, as an option to feed. But under current market conditions, that's not as viable, I guess, as an option as maybe it has been sometimes in the past, just because of current grain prices. Yeah, producers will have to make the decision on whether they're going to try to dry lot some of their animals or if they're just going to sell them early. Uh, really that there's a lot of time left in, in the grain market as well, but uh, we're unlikely to see corn prices come all the way back down to where we, we've seen them the last couple of years, just because there's a lot of demand pressure on the grains, uh, particularly from the export market and our low stocks to use ratio. The biggest change that will likely come in the grain prices is gonna be at the end of this month when uh, the acreage report comes out. That will give us a, a much better idea of how much corn is actually gonna be, or other types of feeds are gonna be available. And uh, we could either see prices run up quite aggressively or that we could see them start to come back down. Producers do have to make that decision and what and uh, economists at the University of Wyoming and Colorado State really looked at what the profit maximizing decision for a producer would be given where they're at and uh, at the price cycle when a drought occurs. And so what they found is that in our situation, given that we're at the bottom of the cattle price cycle, which means we think prices are going to start trending back up because we're liquidating beef cows, that it's actually more profitable to partially liquidate a herd than to try to buy feed. And so that's assuming that over this, you know, five or six years time frame that it's going to be more profitable for producers to liquidate herds than, than to feed. So while grain is more expensive, it's probably only further sending that signal that it's probably better to partially liquidate than, than to feed. Anything else on this topic you'd like to highlight today? Uh, for more details, I just encourage people to go to the Beef Watch article and provide a lot of details based upon other regions and some figures to look at. Well, thanks again for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Aaron. Again, as already was mentioned, if you'd like to read this article, this can be found in the June issue of the Beef Watch newsletter at beef.unl.edu.